Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. So, praise God. We're on part two of a message this morning. It's called Prepared or Perplexed. And um, you'll remember last week we talked about having a prepared heart. You know, none of us knows exactly what's coming in the future. The Bible gives us some indications of what is coming in the future, but none of us know precisely how things are going to unfold. We don't know the timing, and only God knows the timing. Even, Even the angels are unaware of the timing. But what we can do as the church is be ready and be prepared. And so um, that is something that I I want to um, get you to meditate on preparing your heart and having a heart that is ready, having a life that is ready. Amen. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of preparation is to do with having the right foundation. We were yesterday, I think it was Bill that mentioned to me, he says, look over there, look at the big steel frame just over in the next, um, in the college campus there. And I thought, do you know what? I remember when they started putting the foundations in. They were a long time putting the foundations in. All the engineering work behind that is immense. Also that they can put up a steel frame off of that. So preparation, being, being a prepared person, really, you need to have a good foundation. You have to have a strong foundation. And we were using words last week. We read some scriptures that said, so-and-so set their heart on the Lord. So we're using words like prepare, ready, set. And yeah, but... Those, you know what, see that concrete, those foundations over there, they didn't just go and hire a a cement mixer from the tool hire place and start bunging in sand and concrete. That that concrete has been precisely uh, mixed to give the strongest possible foundation. And um, when they put it in and they start, they don't put different concrete in different, that's all the same. It's all the same. Amen. And then the thing is, it needs time. That all needs time to set. Amen. And it's very much like our lives as well. We, it might, oh my, it's, I've been a Christian for such a long time. You know, sometimes we're still building on the foundations. We're building on the foundations and we, oh, there's a crack in my foundation. I better go back and, and, and see to that. Yeah. And if you get those right, you get strength. So you get strength. Amen. And so that's what the word says um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Can you go in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 3.10? 1 Corinthians 3.10. Um, we, we, this is a church where we also let our fingers do the walking through the Bible pages. 1 Corinthians 3.10. We, do, we just do not, do not dispense with this. According to the grace of God, oh, here we go. Um, 
Yeah, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid. We can't choose a different foundation. We can only have one foundation and it's been laid. Jesus Christ was the, is the, is, he's the rock of our salvation. That foundation has been laid, eh? So we can't, we can't just, well, I'm going to base my life on something different. It's got to be according to 1 Corinthians 3. Amen? And so when we've got that foundation right and we start building up, like you look over the road there and you'll see that going up, it's got to have the strength to bear weight this foundation has to bear weight. It has to bear twisting forces. Do you know, in Scotland, the wind doesn't come from just one direction. <laughs> the, the wind comes from every place. The wind comes from every place. And it's like that in our lives too. We get storms come, winds. Where did that come from? One minute it's to my left, the next minute it's to my right. But on a strong foundation, it matters not which way the wind comes from. It's been designed to stand. Amen? Being strong in only one direction is not enough. I'm going to do everything I can to, to, to be strong and to, that nothing is going to get past me. I, you may have some area in your life, it's like, I'm going to strengthen myself for this, you know, and be ready. You, we have to be strong all around. We have to, we, because, the, because the devil, Satan, is wily. One, if, oh, see that, see that attack? That wasn't working. We're going to try something else. Meantime, you know, if we're going, running to get a word, a word of knowledge, a, you know, a prophecy, oh, I need something to help me overcome this thing in my life. It's like God says, God is saying, I believe, my full gospel, you need my full gospel. Just lay your foundation on top of that which has already been laid, all right? So you're, build, your, build off of the foundation that was already there. The, the word says that by wisdom a house is built. So we must build by wisdom, amen? So as you said, ready, someone said ready, steady, go. That's amazing because um, this morning, here's one of my in the shower thoughts. On your marks, get set go. And so it, that speaks to me on your marks. So there's a start line. Okay. So if you're, if you're about to start and you're in the other field, you're, in, you're not on your marks. You have to be on your marks. Get set. So get set is when you go down and you, you know, you kind of do this. And what is that doing? It's giving you a foundation or a platform to, to go so that when the gun goes, you, have already, you are at the right place, you are set on the right foundation, amen, like that, and then go, and then you're off, you're off, amen. So, so important, so important to have the right foundation, amen. So I've got a couple of, a couple of scriptures and a, and, and a few things to say this morning. So let's go on. Having a ready heart. 
You know, you have to be ready in your heart to receive a word, a person, an opportunity. Whatever God decides to send your way, you have to be ready. Amen? So before you receive anything, it's good to be ready. But I don't know what I'm going to receive, but be ready. Because God, God is a God who will, of the suddenly... There's a great message. I don't remember who preached it, but it was God is the God of the suddenly. So we just have to be ready, okay? And in 2 Kings 4, there's a story of, of Elisha and the widow. You know the story with the oil. Amen. And um, this woman's husband died, and he, and, um, he was a servant um, uh, of, the, of the prophet. And so... Um, the woman says, now he's passed away and now our creditors are coming. They're going to take my sons for slaves and all of this. And Elisha says to her, what can I do for you? What do you have in your house? So he wants to help. He says, what can I do? What, what have you got that we can use to turn the situation around? And so she says, Oh, I've got nothing in the house. I've got one jar of oil. And he says, okay, so go and get more empty vessels, more jars, and go around all your neighbors and get all these things. He also says, don't just get a few of them. He says, get lots, get lots. So already Elisha is like, I know God is going to do something here. He's going to fill all of these pots with oil. And the more that you can get, the more supply you'll have. So he says, when you come back, shut the door, pour the oil from the jar that you already have into the other jars and put the full ones aside. So she went and she'd done that. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. And her son says, mom, we got no more. That was the last pot. And can you imagine when they turned around, all those pots were full of oil from one, one pot of oil. So he says to her, now you can take all that oil and you can go and sell it, pay your debt, debt off. And not only will you pay your debt off, but you and your sons will have more than enough to live on into the future. Amen. And I thought, wow, you know, that woman said, you know, this is all I have is a pot of oil. God only needs something in you to multiply it. He, 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 so what, it, what, is, what is that? What is your pot of oil? What do you have ready there that is latent, has a potential, kingdom potential, and at the time of asking, you say, well, I'm going to offer this up. God will take it and he'll multiply it. Isn't that good? Yeah? Have something for God to multiply. Elisha only increased what the widow already possessed. So she already, we sometimes think, I don't have anything to give. I've got nothing. I've got, there's nothing in my tank. But God multiplied what she already had. And I think that's incredible. I think that's incredible. And the other thing we can learn from that, the widow didn't stand and argue with Elisha. She was Instantly, you see, being obedient is a, is, a, is a readiness. Be ready to obey. That is, that is just of such huge value to us. 
Amen? So when we are ready, God can do something with what we have. If we're not prepared, no preparation, no harvest. No preparation, no multiplication. No preparation. You know, when you go into something, it's foolish not to prepare for it. Now, sometimes, and I do this a lot, and I'm sure someone here will say yes. Um, you, you know, I'll just, um, I'll get around to it, and eventually you, you, you kind of have a half-hearted go at it. But sometimes it just set your mind to doing something. Prepare for it and go for it. Amen? You gotta, you've got to be prepared. Amen? You've got to be prepared. And obedience is a big one. In John eleven thirty nine, you read about Lazarus and Jesus going to the tomb. And um, Lazarus had been dead for days, but uh, Lazarus was special to Jesus. And so here's a dead man in a tomb, and Jesus comes to the tomb. And um, if you go to John 11, you can read about it, but Jesus weeps. He's, you can see that, you know, he's gone to the tomb and he's, he's so touched by his Lazarus, who's no life in the tomb. But I believe on the inside of him, he was just getting ready to change things. And from within, he commanded Lazarus to come out of the tomb. And what happened? Lazarus comes out of the tomb. Amen. And what did Jesus say to the people there? He says, if you, do, if you will only believe, if you will only believe, if you will only believe you, would, you could see the resurrection of life itself, preparation involves having belief, believing, and, and not doubting. It's, yeah, it's like the old saying, get the doubt out. Get the doubt out. It's like, if you will only believe and not doubt. And so here comes Lazarus out of the, the tomb. I mean, can you imagine what, what, what that must, this, can you imagine the scene at that place at that particular point of time? Amen. Throughout the word, you, you do read about people who have set their heart on the Lord. They've prepared themselves. And a lot of them maybe not know what it's for, but then later on you read the story. They've, you know, um, 318 men defeat an army of 100,000. Things like that. I mean, impossible odds come against us. But when you have prepared and you have set your heart on following the Lord, situations turn around. In, in, amen? And, you know, on the other flip side of that, there's many, many men in the Bible, men and women, who did not set their heart on the Lord. Or maybe they did it for a wee while, but then they kind of changed their mind. Their circumstances changed. Amen? And in 2, two Chronicles there, you can read, um, I think it's talking about Rehoboam, who was um, the son of Solomon. 
And it says there, he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Do you know what I believe? I believe that most people do not get up in the morning with the intention to do evil things or to be bad. Most people are good people. They don't get up in the morning thinking, I'm going to go out today and do something completely unhinged. Amen? They don't wake up looking for ways to transgress. The Bible says we fall into sin because we have not set our heart or prepared our heart to seek the Lord. It's almost like, well, that sounds like it almost happens by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. It just means that we have decided that we're going to prioritize other things in our life and spend more time doing other things and less time doing the things of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, why, is there, why, why have I got such trouble and strife? Why, why is all this happening? They have not prepared their hearts to seek the Lord. And maybe if that's the thing, if our church becomes prayerless, wordless, not consistent. You know, you show up here every Sunday, you come to prayer meeting, you, we, you come to cafe, consistency. Isn't consistency, God loves to see people who are consistent. Amen? So this man, he didn't give up on God, but he wasn't fully prepared to give up on the idols in his life. So it's like, you know, and how many of us have felt like that? You know, I love the Lord. I believe, I believe in God's Word. I believe in, Je I believe in Jesus, the Son of God. I believe in all of that. But I don't, I do believe it, but I also have these things. Just, just call them things, because then a lot of stuff can come under the things category that I don't really want to give up on. So I don't want to give up on God, but I don't want to give up on things either. Amen? And so for one time in his life, for three years, this man loved the Lord and was obedient to the Lord. But he reigned for 17 years, but only three of those years were good years with the Lord's blessing. The other years were decline. Slippery, slippery slope. Amen? Only three out of 17 years. It, it, it sounds familiar. You know, if I, take, if I took a snapshot of my life and I said, right, okay. Um, you know, it's like if you go into your phone and you look at your memory, it's got all the color bar. This is how many photographs you've got. This is how many documents you've got. This is how much blah, blah. And it's like, oh, this is great. I can see exactly what's taking up most of my memory. If I did that with my life, I'd get a shock. And if I looked at God, his work, his mission, how, 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 what would that color bar be? How, you know, would it just be a little bit of blue somewhere in amongst the sea of other colors? So, I'm sure we all know if we've been around long enough. And it doesn't just happen in Christianity. It happens in life. People get passionate about something, but the passion fades, and then it disappears. Amen? There's a lot of people that have genuinely loved the Lord at one point in time in their life, but over time, things have 
grown cold. Things have become distant. And they've abandoned the things that were once dear to them. Why does this happen to us? It's because we don't prepare our hearts to seek the Lord. It's because are we, when we go to bed at night, do we say to ourselves, I'm getting up at this time in the morning. I'm prepared. All my stuff is ready. And I'm going to be praying or I'm going to be spending time with the Lord or whatever. Do we, do we do that? Do we prepare our hearts to seek the Lord? It's very quiet in the church today. <laughs> this isn't a, condemnation, a condemnatory message. It's, it's a message to encourage us to prepare. To prepare. To establish ourselves. To fix ourselves. To apply ourselves. We have to, have a, we have to make it deliberate and not over just a, a six months. We have, to, we have to prepare to do this until Jesus comes back. Or until we go. Until we go or until Jesus comes back, we have to prepare to do this deliberately until that time comes. Amen? Amen. Fixed. David used that word in Psalm 57. And David used it when he was hiding in a cave because Saul was coming to take his life. And you know the story because he was being hunted. And... Um, David's own men says, listen, you're going to have to put up with this for years and years. You're going to have to have eyes in the back of your head. Why don't you just go and kill him? And then your troubles will be done. But David had already fixed in his heart he would not. He had already prepared his heart not to take Saul's life. And if David had not fixed in his heart, to make that commitment not to do that, his men may well have persuaded him. In fact, he got so close one time that he cut off a piece of Saul's garment and he held it up to Saul and he says, I had the opportunity last night to take your life, but I, this is my heart towards you. I didn't do it. I fixed my heart so it wouldn't happen. Amen. He says there, my heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is fixed and I will keep on singing and giving you praise. Amen. So we need to stay fixed in our heart. Stationary. Psalm 57. Stationary. Hold it in your mind and don't let it go. And sometimes if you don't already, if you haven't already decided, if something happens, right, okay, Someone has come to me and they've confronted me. If you have not before such a time considered this, what would I do or what would I not do if someone does that? Then in the moment, you could make the wrong move. But if you have already considered, if anyone came up to me and they spat in my face or they, they were nasty and horrible to me, have you already in your heart, decided if that ever happened to me, I know what I would do. If you have not made these decisions, if you have not prepared in your heart, when that time comes, you will, you will waver. You will waver. You will waver between two possible decisions. So that's the importance of doing that. Amen? We waver between... A, you know what? 
there's, if there's one thing that's really the worst thing for us, but we all think it's great, too many options. Give me as many options as possible, then I can choose whatever I like. The fewer options that we have, the better. The fewer options that we have, the better. Because let your yes be yes and your no be no. The fewer options we have, the better. Amen. And so to finish off this message today, who prepares your heart? Can we prepare our heart on our own? We need, we need him. Amen. Amen. It's not, see, sheer willpower. I bet you there's people in here that are stubborn as anything. Sheer willpower will get you through everything. No matter what, I'm going to get through this. I guarantee you there will always come a time in life when your willpower will fail. Your willpower is going to fail. And I, I can speak that because I've got my beautiful friends here this morning, Johnny, Dion, people that have come through addiction. I don't know, am I right? Can your willpower get you through addiction? Maybe for wee, wee bits of time, maybe, you know, but that you need something stronger than your will. You need something stronger than your will. Amen? So, um, no one can prepare their heart on their own. God has to be involved in preparing our hearts. Amen. Psalm 10:17 says, "Lord, you've heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart." It's only when we trust in him and depend on him that we'll find the strength to make our hearts firm and fixed. No variation, no changing of mind, no changing of heart. I've decided I'm going to do this. And until kingdom come, this is the way it's going to be. And it takes a lot of strength to do that. But God will give you the strength. He will give you the strength to do that. He'll give you the strength. Amen. So prepare your hearts. 1 Chronicles 29, 18. O Lord... Keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their hearts. David used this a lot. He says, Israel, do not forget what God has done for you. Do not forget what God has done, done for you. Remember when he did this. Use that. Keep your works forever in the imagination of the hearts of your people and prepare their hearts. So when you go back to when you were saved, I mean, not saved, born again, I mean, saved from a terrible thing, accident, whatever, a situation in your life, think back and let that be part of just turning your heart back towards the Lord. I will not forget your benefits. I will not forget all of the great things that you've done for me, Father God. Amen. And so praise God for that. The power of our memory is vital in preparing our hearts. Amen. That's what God says, Deuteronomy. If you forget my works, your hearts will turn away from me. If you forget what I've done for you, your hearts will turn away. And that's why... We remember God's goodness. Yes, amen. We remember God's goodness. Amen. And so when our, I believe when our hearts, our minds, 
are filled with the thoughts of God's goodness and his faithfulness, we will keep facing the Lord. We will keep our hearts turned towards him. You know what happens when it comes to memories? Satan will try and get you to remember all the bad things. He's like, I'm the devil. I'm here to remind you that that guy, that, that brother there, he offended you. And he's no had his comeuppance yet. <laughs> and we've got to, at that time, have our heart fixed and say, Father God, I release forgiveness towards my brother. Father God, I will even turn the other cheek to my brother. And Father, no matter what he says, Father God, I will not speak words of death over his life. Because your word says that bless those who curse you and despitefully usually pray for those who use you and curse you. And in so doing, you will heap coals of fire upon their head. Why, why, it's not my job. I loved this. This week I heard someone say, um, we do the loving, God does the changing. We do the loving, God does the rest. We just do the loving. So if, you're in a, if you want a place to, to love and be loved, you're in the right place this morning. Amen. Amen. Satan wants to remind you, and he wants to deceive you. He's like, you, but yeah, hang on a second. Um, God was maybe responsible for that. You know, you've been through all of this, and, you know, we have to, we do understand that God, form, you know, our faith is forged in adversity. Our faith is strengthened in adversity. If we go through life and it's all easy peasy, man, and then you meet someone who's really desperate. It's like, you've, you, we've, we, we go through things to draw alongside other people too so that we can say, I want to encourage you, I got through this. I got through this. I got through this and you can get through it. And, and you know what? It, it didn't just take six months. I was in this for three years. or five, It's like, I've been through this. But if our faith has never been tested or tried and someone comes to you, I'm just about at the end of my rope. It's there's the end of the rope and there's nay not to hang on to. It's like, oh, listen, it'll be, it'll be okay. Don't worry. It'll be okay. But that person needs to hear that you've been through some, some stuff. I've been through this. I've, and this is what we, we, we look back on our lives, uh, Linda and I, and we're like, man, that was horrible. That was bad. I feel bad. Put my whole family through this, a bit, a, you know, shutting down a business and all of You know, we've been through terrible times. But I can come near to another man now and I can say, we did have to close our, but we, we did it with the right heart. We did it the right way. We did, we honored, we, you know, honor is such an important thing. It's good to hear testimonies. I don't like to just, this, but my, our business burnt down. It caught fire. One side of our shop was completely burnt to the ground. We lost about 70 or 80 customers' garments and goods in the fire. Um, <laughs> one man had about five Hugo Boss suits. He must have been sick. Yeah, and the insurers came out, and it was an accidental, and it was, it was a total accident. Spontaneous combustion, everybody, all right? 
they would not pay out. They did not pay out. So we had to, and I said to, the, I said to my, my staff, I said, not one customer is going to be any worse off out of this. We are going to pay every customer. Even though we don't have the insurance money, we're going to pay. And it took us two years. It took us two years. And the phone calls, and you can imagine, you know. At the very start, you always get the, the people that, you know, you know, my socks and my undies, you know. <laughs> and then you've got, you know, I, I, I like to make light of it. But it's like some, they're so angry and it's like, oh, Lord, how are we going to get through this situation? But we paid every single person back. And, that, and then, and then we, we, we sold the business to my staff and it's still a going concern today. So it didn't die. It, didn't, it, it was a bad thing. But see, see someone, oh, my business is about to go down. My, this has happened in my business. I'm being taken to a tribunal. I'm, doing, I'm like this. Listen. You've got to trust God. You've got to trust God. And you might look at your balance sheet and say, where's the money coming to do this in, in my business? It's like, God will make a way. You know, you know what? And it was like a new lease of life for our business. Because you know what? All that burnt stuff was cleaned out. The walls were painted. New equipment went in. A new counter went in. People came into the shop and they said, wow, this is different. It was, so out of, out of the fire came a brand new thing, came a brand new thing. So if you've been in business before and things haven't quite worked out, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. You, we all go through stuff for a reason and for a season. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.